All right. Praise God. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Another Dominion Sonship Live. What the Lord has been really expounding to me and opening up to me, and, and, and it truly has been a, a, a greater than ever unveiling on the mind of Christ. It has been just a, a, a greater depth of understanding and um, not that maybe even as a whole we might not have known that we do have the mind of Christ but I think we I know from my own personal walk is the the power of the mind of Christ that we have now that that which we have that he has given to us life himself the Lord Jesus Christ for the one that has the son has life and that I have, I have camped there and I have meditated there that now because I'm born again, I have life. Now because I'm born again, I have his love in me. Now because I'm born again, I am a light to the world. Now that I'm born again, I have the wisdom of God residing in me. And, and I have, I have, I have, um, meditated all these truths but now that we're camping and we have for a while now in the mind of christ i recognize all of what i say is the mind of christ the love of god the wisdom of god the peace of god the righteousness of god all of it is found in the mind of christ because as we think, as we think, as we perceive our life, we recognize that's what we are walking out. And so often, you know, we hear um, when you talk to another, it's not so much what you say, but how they hear you, right? So all these filters that over the many years we have just placed in our hearts, placed in our ears because of it. If it's a filter on your heart, it will be a filter on your ears as well. And, and so what, what we now have access to is a totally unfiltered love message. No filter. The that which he says we hear unfiltered. That that which he says, we understand. Why? Because we have his mind to understand. And so the power of this divine understanding. So often, I mean, you, know, you, you, you might have fellowship with believers, brothers and sisters, precious people of the Lord. And you, you open up a verse and their interpretation is a little bit wonky. Their interpretation sometimes can be very condemning of the word that has ministered life to you or to me. And so the way I would have read that verse would have been very different than the way someone else would have read that verse. Now, we know the word is not subjective. The word is not subjective. And that's why he has given us the mind of Christ that brings everything under subjection. The mind of Christ is the loftiest thought one can ever have, and it's a revelatory base. The mind of Christ is of the Spirit. And that's really where our natural minds get engaged. And we try to, uh, uh, what does that, what does it look like? What does it mean? And so the struggle now becomes, I gotta get it. Well, you got it. I gotta get it. Well, how do I get it? How do I have it? What do you mean I have it? Well, as, as, we know one thing, when we become born again, right, right at that moment, we become saved. We become saved, and we also know as soon as we become born again, 
Christ lives in us. So we are redeemed from everything that was anti-Christ, which is called the curse. We also know that when we're born again, Christ the healer lives in us. And so healing is part of this new covenant. We also know that Jesus has become what? Redemption, sanctification, wisdom, and righteousness. He lives where? In us. Well, his mind lives in us. So as quick as we are to say, I'm born again, therefore I'm saved, we can actually train ourselves. I'm born again, therefore I do have the mind of Christ. And then you settle in it. You don't dispute it anymore. You trust the lead of the Holy Spirit. And that the mind of Christ is truly a, 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 the means by which the Holy Spirit communicates to us. Because his church is that divine mind that we now have in Christ. Where is the mind of God that he's searching? Okay, I was going to start somewhere else, but I'll start here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. We read this. We've read the big chunk of this chapter, chapter 2. And I'll just pull up some key verses. And in your, in your own private moment, you can read the entire chapter to 1 Corinthians. But here, um, verse 6, However, however, howbeit we speak the wisdom among those who are mature. And so Paul is saying, that I'm right before that, that he determined to know no one but the Lord Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so that he'll be, he'll be presenting the utterance of God to those that he ministers to, not his own wise crafty words, but he'll be speaking from an inspiration, right? That's what we've read before. And so that in verse five, our faith doesn't rest on Paul's a memorization of scripture, but rests on the power of God. And then from there rests on what? The power of God. He moves into what? The mind of God. So our faith would rest on the power of God. And then he talks, verse 6, he's now communicating. All right, all right, just, I, just, I just have to slow it down even for, for myself to catch the flow better. So... He said he went to the Corinthians in great trepidation, lest he really reverts to his flesh dictation. Lest he, lest he, he was a studied man. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I mean, Paul can put together a message. Paul could expound the Torah. He had memorized it. The trepidation and the fear of the moment for him in terms of the honest of the moment is lest I, I revert to that which I know in my carnal mind that I have memorized. I want to solely speak from the inspiration. I want to speak from the revelation. And that's why in Galatians he writes that this, this message of the gospel was not given to him by man, but by revelation. And so now, because as he has received, so he will deliver. The word of God, actually, Paul writes, you know, you, you, it's actually here in chapter four, I believe. What do you have that you did not receive? And so that which he had received, I just read was uh, chapter four, verse seven, midpoint there. Um, but so what Paul had received was revelation. And from this place of the revelation, he's communicating and he's saying this communication that comes from revelation 
is divine wisdom. And this divine wisdom is to communicate to the human heart faith. It actually, not communicate, it would spur a response. When, when, when a revelation is communicated, which we call inspiration, which we then call impartation. And that's what Paul says, I desire to impart to you a gift, a revelatory gift. A revelatory gift is a spiritual dispatch from me to you that came from God. It's really a means of an awakening to your spirit, man. It means a spiritual food, a chunk of fire to build you up. And the response to this fire, to this revelation is faith. So then that faith rests on what? Power of God. So we recognize here the power of God. One means of expressing the power of God is through divine utterance. So that, our, so that he said, you know, my speech be not of persuasive words a little bit earlier, uh, of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. That's verse 4, chapter 2, 1 Corinthians. So, so then we go to 6, however, we speak wisdom among those that are mature. Not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, but we speak, verse 7, we speak wisdom, the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God. The hidden wisdom of God. Hid where? Hid where? Where are we hid? Colossians says, hid with Christ in God. That's the hidden wisdom. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Where is the wisdom of God hid? In Christ. I know. Where does Christ dwell now? In me. So we speak in mystery, a hidden wisdom, which is of God. We read maybe a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not sure if I did it on a life message or just part of my, my, my dominion talks that, um, Jesus told his disciples after he, he demonstrated, after he, he spoke the parable of the soul, the souls into the four different grounds and, um, and they did not understand. He said, can you explain it to us? Uh, because it's a parable. And then Jesus says to the disciples, you know, um, to the outsider, I speak in parables, but to you of my own, it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So those that are of Christ, access has been given into Christ, into the mind of Christ. Access has been given into the mind of Christ to understand these hidden to the natural mind wisdom. And this wisdom was ordained before the ages for our glory, so this wisdom of God, this divine utterance that's really stemming from the mind of Christ because you speak from what you know. So Paul, when he said, I want to speak not from what my mind knows, I want to speak from what the Spirit knows. And that's why he's moving into the mind of God. At the very end in verse 16 here, he says, but you have the mind. Of course, this is the portion of scripture that we're looking on, that, that, that how it flowed to, to him even saying we have the mind of Christ. Because why? He had the persuasion. He has the mind of Christ. Through a new birth, and anyone born again has the mind of Christ. And so it's expressing these divine mysteries for our glory. They're not for our destruction. The mind of Christ is for our glory, which none of the rulers of the age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If we go verse 10, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. 
for the spirit churches. Here we go. The spirit churches, all things, yes, the deep things of God. And I, I, I never really gave it much thought, but now if I think about it, whenever I would have read this portion of scripture, I guess on the level, I would, on the level, I would have said that the spirit of God searches the mind of God over there. And somehow then, because of course Holy Spirit lives in me, he communicates to me that which he searched and sought out over there. But the more I read and I meditate, I recognize he's searching the depth of God within me because when I became born again, I got born of the Spirit. And from the Spirit now, he's searching this divine purpose for my own life. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. And they said, we don't have the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God inside of us. And then verse 13, we speak not words which are of man's wisdom, but teach, man teaches, but of the Holy Spirit. And then that's why he comes into 16. Can anyone reason with God? Can anyone instruct God? Can anyone converse with God? Yes, but we have the mind of Christ, which is a yes to all of the above. That now because I have the mind of Christ, I have, I have a means to commune with God through the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of the deposits of God even within me to bring forth mysteries and these divine giftings that I'm called to walk out on earth. So, so now let's go to Timothy. Paul's writing to Timothy, Second Timothy 1. So the title for today's message is Love Sound Mind. Love, sound mind. I believe the biggest challenge in, 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 in the walk of a believer, whether it's to do with the mind of Christ or even receiving healing, walking in the wisdom of God, demonstrating the mind of Christ on earth, is really a lack of a revelation of the love of God. And without a recognition that God so loved me, that even what I just read regarding Paul coming to communicate from the mastery of the mind of Christ, from the mastery of, of really that which the Holy Spirit is inspiring that we call revelation, that we, we, one of the filters that natural man has is this unloved filter, not loved. And so when someone comes and no matter how much they love you and, uh, and are wanting to communicate love to you because this filter is there of wrong memories, you know, some have gone through some traumatic upbringings and it, it places this fear filter of not loved. I can't open up lest I go through what I went through, whatever it might look like, whatever that filter is, whatever that persuasion is that has put up these barriers of self-preservation, only in Christ can they be brought down and only through the revelation of the love of God. That God is not a man that he will lie to you. 
The way he says, I love you and I died for you, I believe. Because he has so evidently and blatantly and painfully demonstrated his love for us that all I have to do is behold the cross. All I have to do is behold the cross. And it breaks, that's why he talks about the cross bringing a separation between us and the world. That the world has been crucified to us and us to the world through the cross. Because all the cross represents the love of God. And the love of God is the only moment that is opening up the heart of humanity to actually receive truth. Because if love doesn't open up our heart to receive truth, we're not receiving it. We're misinterpreting it. And then we are putting a whole different band on it. We are not receiving the truth of the love of God. And therefore, then, we really have no activation to the mind of Christ because the mind of Christ is based on love. He, he did not die to discipline me. That's why I love what Paul told the Corinthians, that, that this divine wisdom is for our glory. It's for our salvation. It's for our edification. And so then in, uh, Paul writing to Timothy uh, in, in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And that's why I took the title from Love sound mind. That the soundness that we have in this divine mind is because of his love. And that his love communication to us brings forth this power of the spirit that Paul was demonstrating to the Corinthians. That their faith will rest on the power of God, not the wisdom of man. And that this gift that he has given to us is love. In verse 6, right above it, Paul talking to Timothy, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. And that's referring to the faith deposit that was evident in his grandmother, in Timothy's grandmother, in Timothy's mother, and now resides in Timothy. And he's saying, stir up that gift, stir up that faith, stir up the gift of the faith of the Son of God in you. And then we see what actually would hold back the stirring of the gift. What would hold back the stirring of the gift is fear, powerlessness, which is inadequacy, not enough power. Lovelessness, I'm not loved. I don't believe God. I don't believe he loves me. And a wrong mindset. Because after he says, stir up this precious gift, he said, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. That word sound mind is self-controlled, disciplined mind. And that's what love does. You know, we, we love is a discipliner to every wayward thought. Love is a discipliner to every rebellious thought that wants to what? Instigate fear. That wants to what? Communicate powerlessness. 
Only love can put that falseness in check. Only love. And so unless our mind is spent, unless we renew our mind to allow the mind of Christ to work in our lives, we'll struggle with our salvation. Because what will hold us back is wrong, wrong understanding of God. So then it would induce fear, powerlessness, and an unruly mind. An unruly mind in the believer is the worst possible scenario. That you can be born again and have an unruly mind and really desecrate the mind of Christ. In the Passion Translation of that verse in um, 2 Timothy 1.7, I read in the Passion, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into, this is verse 6, to fan into flame and rekindle, rekindle, rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you. When I lay my hands, when I laid my hands upon you, verse 7, for God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. And that part of self-control is the Aramaic and also be translated revelation light or instruction. So the sound mind is a mind of revelation. The mind of Christ is a mind of revelation. Well, that's what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in chapter 2 in verse Corinthians. It is revelation light. It is instruction. Well, that's what the mind of Christ does. Instruct us in the way of truth. And that's really the function of the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. And so, to have a sound mind only is possible through the mind of Christ. Because a sound mind is a spiritual mind. It is a mind of light. So when I say I am light, I can say I have the mind of light. Light has a mind. Love has a mind. Truth has a mind. Peace has a mind. The mind of Christ, the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ is really the utmost reality that we can walk in a daily and on a daily basis because at that moment we are realizing that we are being solely led by divine instruction. We're being solely led by revelation of light. That light is guiding us. And it's not what the word is. What is it? A word is the lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is a mind of revelation knowledge. And that's why now we can see why Paul was so eager to write for the eyes of our understanding, the eyes of our understanding to be what opened up, to be unveiled to this revelation knowledge. Can we say to the mind of Christ that you already have? Oh, to know. How do you know? Where do you know? You know in the mind. To know the hope of the glory of the calling. 
the inheritance that we now have in the saints to know the mysteries of the kingdom, to know the power that resides in us. So what our faith would reside on the power of God. That word power is dunamis. Not in the working of man. Not how well I can live a Christian life. And that's when Paul was moved by the mind of Christ. His soul, his soul movement was that lest I revert to the old man and I communicate from a fleshly understanding and put a burden on someone that even I myself could not carry. Oh, that I myself could not carry. Paul couldn't carry that burden of a righteous living. And that the perfect example is Romans 7. We talked about Romans 7. Every time I want to do good, I, I catch myself doing the wrong thing. That's utmost frustration. And last week we talked about, the message from last week was renewed mind. That's not our portion in Christ anymore. In Christ there's only one nature. I now know myself after the Christ, man. I know now myself. I know. How do I know? Through the mind of Christ. That the Holy Spirit is searching the depth of this word and opening up my gaze to know. And from this knowing, which is of revelation of the mind of Christ, I'm communicating light and I'm imparting what? Truth. I'm imparting a spiritual gift. And there's a difference when you hear a message from carnality, and you hear with carnal ears, versus when you hear a message that is communicated through impartation. The life of God is always communicated through the Holy Spirit, through impartation. And that's the only way we can actually grow, through the work of the Spirit. That's how we got born again. That's the start, that's the middle, and that's the end. Without the Holy Spirit leading us into truth, we'll not be able to grow. The Word talks about that we are growing through the Word of God. As we partake of this Word, we're eating the meat of the Word to strengthen what? An ability of thought. To strengthen an ability of thought. To strengthen an ability to think right which we call mind renewal. When we eat the word, we're renewing our mind. So this spiritual food is to strengthen our thoughts, the mind of Christ. First Corinthians is the Passion Translation. First Corinthians, uh, just at the end of chapter 12, right before it moves into the love chapter, Paul's writing here, the Passion Translation. I love this, I love this. You should all constantly boil over with passion in seeking the higher gifts. And now I will show you a superior way to live that is beyond comparison. <laughs> and then he moves in the love of God, the superior way to live that is beyond comparison. In the Amplified, that very verse but earnestly desire and zealously cultivate, cultivate the greatest gift and the best gifts and graces, the higher gifts and the choicest graces. 
How do you cultivate? By meditating, by pondering, by, by engaging the mind of Christ. You are pondering and you unveiling the love of God. Only the mind of Christ grasps the love of God. How can human mind grasp him coming to die on the cross for me and because of that death on that tree that now I can be with him in glory? How can carnal mind believe that? No, it's divinely inspired. The very fact you believe it, it's a token that you're born again. And that's why when you become born again, what do you acknowledge? You acknowledge him. What does Romans say? So Romans 10, I've got many Bibles here. <laughs> I've got many Bibles. I love Bibles. Um, let me just look at Romans 10 since it's coming to my tongue. The tongue of a ready writer, hallelujah. The work of the Spirit right here. Ten eight. Uh, what? But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you what confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we know that the salvation is not of our own, but it's a gift. It's a gift from God. And we recognize that only the Holy Spirit can convict the heart of man of this truth. And so, so then, in, um, if you go down to 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, by the rhema of God, by that revelatory communication that Paul moved from to impart a spiritual gift to them. And so we recognize that that communication comes from the mind of Christ. That only through the mind of Christ can we attain to understand the love of God. And that's why Paul, uh, Paul, um, yeah, Paul to Timothy writes that God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Because perfected love casts out fear. Casts out fear. But of power, love, and of a sound mind. I wanted to read also the, um, in, in the Amplified, that very verse I just spoke. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fa fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, which we know is the Holy Spirit that searches the deep things of the mind of God, but given us a spirit of power, of love, of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. You know, you talk to some believers and they out the bat, I mean, many think I'm pretty extreme and, you know, you got to be balanced, well-balanced. Well, right here, there's nothing more well-balanced than the mind of Christ, which is the most extreme thing you can walk on in earth. 
well-balanced mind is the very mind of Christ, totally out of balance with the world. The world's been crucified by that cross. There is foolishness to the world. But salvation to us who believe. So we can now have a well-balanced mind that is of discipline and of self-control. Oh, I love that. Discipline and self-control and well-balanced. That is the very mind of Christ. Let's go to um, 1 Corinthians. We were in 1 Corinthians for a little bit there. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians. Back to chapter 4 there, but this time we... We've looked at this verse before. God spoke this verse to me beginning of last year. It's been over a year now. 1 Corinthians 4, 6, the tail end of it. That you may learn in us, Paul saying, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written. Not to think beyond what is written. Well, we here we have something that is written in 1 Corinthians 6. Is it verse 2? 12, verse 12. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And what we looked at, even we looked at this verse before, is that what, what is beneficial to me is not that which is inducing fear in me. Why would I say that? Because if I'm under something, I'm in reverence of it. If I'm under something, I'm bowing to it. If I'm under something, I'm serving it, right? And so then... That would not be, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And so to couple it with what Paul told Timothy, we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and asama. That really, because now we've been brought up far above all things in the spirit through the mind of Christ, then we're not to think any lower thought. And that's what we, we've read one of the verses again to the Corinthians that we're to bring every thought, every logical thought, every thought of presumption under, under, and, and make it subject to the knowledge of the word of God so that we'll, it would not be lording over us because to that which we submit, to the thought that we submit to, that hasn't been written within the volume of the truth that we, that we abide in, is bringing under bondage. And so then, and so then at that moment, I become pretty militant in my thought lives, my thought life. And I can't really be militant without recognizing that God loves me. And what I do, I do unto Him. If I do it out of a wrong sense of a fear, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. If I do it out of a, an obligation, that's a spirit of fear. But I do it unto God, and whatever we do unto God, it's never in vain. And so the cultivation that we read, one of the verses to cultivate the, this, this highest, best gift of love, that to cultivate this mind of Christ is really you doing it unto Him because He loves you. And that's really what I wanted to communicate today is that we can't have a soundness of a thought without knowing we're loved. And that the love of God 
is only understood through the mind of Christ. And that the love of God is the only thought that will bring every unruly thought under. An unruly thought of I'm not loved and bring down these filters of hearing wrong, of perceiving wrong, of the scales that we know even Paul had scales and yet he, he knew the words, the Old Testament. And yet when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, what happened? Scales fell off of his eyes. Filters. He couldn't see right, nor could he hear right. Of course he couldn't. That's why he persecuted the Christians. And so this message of the love of God and the mind of Christ is really one message. There is the message where the scales fall off and the filters are destroyed so we can actually not think. What did he say? Not to think beyond what is written. Stay. What does the Old Testament uh, Isaiah? Those whose mind is what? Stayed on thee. They have peace, peace, shalom, shalom. Great peace. Now I said earlier that, you know, I would meditate, you know, peace lives in me, wisdom lives in me, love lives in me. And then, you know, with the summation of the mind of Christ, I said, peace has a mind. Well, yeah. Is it the, um, yeah, the, um, the, the amplified translation of the sound mind was that calm, calm mind. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the word in, 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 in John chapter one talks about Jesus coming and becoming flesh and that he, he you know, he is the word of God. That word is logos. He is, he is the entire Bible and beyond. He, it's almost like you could say the mind of God walked earth. The mind of God, the logos of God, the full expression, the passion translation calls the full expression of God. The full expression of the mind of God is the Lord Jesus Christ who lives in me now. Why? Because God so loved me. That's why he lives in me. Not because I earned him. Not because I deserve. No, because God so loved me. He gave his son to die for me so he could now live in me. And so the, the, the message of the new renewed mind that we've been camping for a few weeks is really God loves you. There's no higher thought. There's no higher reality than knowing I am loved. I'm a child of God. I am loved. And that's all I think about. That's what I meditate on. When something, something comes against me, God loves me. I'm going to make it. When something is thrown at me, God loves me. I'm going to overcome. Now that is an expression of the mind of Christ. You can't even think God loves you. His, Mind wasn't working in you. If the Holy Spirit wasn't searching for the answer, I'll tell you the answer to every situation. God loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. It used to drive me bonkers with my husband when we met. He was um, a newer believer, and I thought I was very seasoned. I really wasn't, but 
And so I thought, I'll do Bible studies with my husband, and I would just try to break the word down for him. And after about one hour of beating him up with the word of God and uh, him not really getting what I was communicating, I'm like, so what's the moral of the story? And it was every single evening the same moral of the story. <laughs> Jesus loves me. <laughs> And I recognize the moral of the story is Jesus loves me. And there's no higher thought than that thought. No matter how much we know the Bible, no matter how many times we go to church or we don't go to church, whether we even read the Bible, I mean, do read the Bible. This is your life. Jesus loves me. That is the mind of Christ. As profound as that and as simple as that. And so love sound mind. It's only love can give me a soundness of mind to understand that he loves me. Amen. That's it. <laughs>